podcast, Answer Man, episode number 157. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, I come here each week to give you free advice on everything related to podcasting. That's right. You call in your questions on our voicemail feedback hotline, and eventually, I get to them in a show, and that's how it works out. And today, I am going to be sharing with you a couple things that I have on my mind, and we are going to get to two pieces of your audio feedback. So let me explain to you just real quick for those of you who like to know right at the front of the show what all we're going to talk about. I'm going to be sharing with you my experiences this week with a brand new transition, some uh, changing, uh, some changes that are taking place over there at Libsyn, uh, as well as I'm going to talk about MailChimp and what they did to my billing this week. Uh, oh man, I'm so excited about that. Uh, and, and you really, if you are into newsletters and stuff like that, creating a, a way of uh, communicating to your, your growing audience, your community, your client base, whatever the case may be, you might be interested in hearing what MailChimp did to my billing this month. And also we got a call from Mary who wants to know she's having some problems with converting some files to MP3 and iTunes. And Wayne Henderson has a review or some thoughts on the Veracorder software for the iPhone. And so those are the main topics that we're going to cover here today. Um, And I'm going to get things started off by talking about Libsyn. Now, for those of you who have been listening to uh, the podcast Answer Man for a very long time, you know that I use Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com for all of my media file hosting. And the reason for that, of course, is their flat monthly fee and their unlimited bandwidth without any small print. Okay without any small print. Now, I've shared with you guys on multiple occasions that the reason why I always promote Libsyn.com is a selfish one. And it's not because they have an affiliate program and I get money every time you sign up. There are certain programs that I do sign up for as affiliate programs, but I always try to tell you those things in advance. I've never received a single affiliate dollar from people signing up for Libsyn. But there are a couple reasons why I've always used Libsyn uh, from the beginning, uh, well, it, that I always promote Lipson. One of the reasons is because they've been around since the beginning of podcasting. I mean, they really have. They were the first company to really step up to the plate and provide a solution to us podcasters who have shows that have a potential for growing to massively large audiences. The Back in the day, it was very difficult to find a hosting provider that would allow you to have, I don't know, let's say... 40 different MP3 files on your server uh, that are in a range of, let's say, 30 to 70 megabytes in size and have it possible to deliver, I don't know, 150,000, 200,000, 300,000 downloads in a single month uh, without it costing you thousands of dollars. 
Well, this is exactly what Libsyn started offering, I guess back in 2006 is when I signed up for them. And so what they've done is a flat monthly fee. You pay for a certain amount of storage on their high speed network. And that file stays on their high speed network for 30 days. And after 30 days, then it's moved to an archive server. And the only limitation for your monthly fee that you have is how much you can put on that high speed server. And so you buy a certain amount of gigabytes or even megabytes of storage space uh, that you're allowed to use on the high speed server. Now, each file sits on the server for 30 days per file. So it's not like a 30 day. It's like on a certain day of the month, you start over from scratch. But it's it's you put a file up today. That file stays on for 30 days. You you 15 days later, you put a new file on. Well, that new file stays on for 30 days while the other the other file that you had put on 15 days ago in 15 days from then, it's going to actually drop off into the archive server. So that I don't know if that all made sense, but but basically it's it's 30 days per file taking up space on your allotted allotment of of file storage on the high speed servers. Now here's the other thing. Their their archive servers are just as fast as pretty much any other website's hosting account uh, servers. It's just that their high speed servers, their uh, I guess maybe their content distribution system, uh, it is it is lightning fast. It's it's really 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 fast. Um, so I've I've always liked Libsyn. The other reason why I continue to recommend people use Libsyn is because well I want more people using a service that has a fair monthly charge for the service that they provide. And and trust me, it's worth paying for in my mind uh, if you're serious about podcasting. And I certainly want people to more and more people to continue to sign up for Libsyn because, well, the more people that sign up for Libsyn, the better their financial situation is going to remain. And so therefore, I don't have to worry about one day getting an email from Libsyn saying, hey, you know, we really appreciate the fact that you've been with us for all these years. Unfortunately, we just can't continue to make ends meet and we're going to be shutting down. You have three weeks to move all of your content to, you know, back up all your content off of our servers. Uh, and you'll need to find hosting elsewhere. I, I dread the day that that would ever happen. And so, of course, that is um, that is uh, how much, uh, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I'm do- doing this. That's why I promote them. Somebody in the chat room says, Cliff, how much bandwidth do you use in a typical typical month? And I will tell you it's measured. I, mine would be measured probably uh, near... I'd have to I'd have to actually work it all out, but we're we're delivering about seventy thousand downloads a week, and my um and my file sizes are somewhere between thirty and seventy megabytes each. So you take you take all of that and then throw it all out there. It, it, it's 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 a significant amount of bandwidth. So one that certainly for myself and gspn.tv, if I was to put all that on my Bluehost hosting account. I would certainly be getting a phone call from their support department and, uh, and, and I'm sure that they would reprimand me over there. Um, so anyway, Libsyn, I've been promoting them for the longest time and I love their services. I was a little bit shocked. I was a little bit shocked that um, I got an email this past week. Matter of fact, it was last Thursday as I was releasing shows. I got an email saying, hey, we're going to be transitioning your account 
over to the Lipson 3 system. The Lipson 3 system. And I, to be honest with you, I hadn't been keeping up with their blog or anything. So this just came out of left field, out of nowhere. And it happened to be happening. And, and it said, you know, hey, by the way, your account's going to be unavailable for a couple hours starting at, at, at a certain time. I think it was like 2 p.m. last week. Well, you know, my virtual assistant's sitting there in Missouri putting all my content online. And she's just waiting for me to record this current episode and and process it and upload it to Libsyn so she can release, you know, this episode. And of course, you know, we had plans. We record all day, every day on Thursdays. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that this is going to really throw the kink in things? Not only that, but it's a completely different system. Now, some other things really concerned me. I don't have just one Lipson account. In fact, I have three of them. Okay. Now, here's the deal. They had, for the longest time, they always just had this Lipson service. And the maximum amount of space that you could sign up for was 1.5 gigabytes of storage on their high-speed server. And that would be $50 a month. All right. Well, obviously, with the amount of content that we produce here, sometimes it's anywhere between seven episodes to 20 podcast episodes a week that we're putting out. Um, There's just not enough space in 1.5 gigabytes of storage space. So what happens is we we had three of these accounts and they all had different usernames, but I had them all signed up under my same email address. And all of a sudden I noticed that on the, um, I noticed that on the new Libsyn three service, they no longer have you sign in with, you know, your user, your username, but instead they have you sign in with your email address. And that's like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? Um, you know, I've got, I've got these three separate accounts. They're all using the same email address. So when I sign in under cliff at ravenscraft.org with my password, You know, what account am I actually getting? Are they going to, how are they going to do this? I want to come and tell you and say, I am very, very pleased with the way the transition happened. And this Lipson 3, I think it's, it's a reworked version of their Lipson Pro account. I, I, to be honest with you, I I probably should have the guys on Lipson come over and, and talk here in a podcast answer, man. I, I think I might do that in the future. But anyway, I'm I'm very excited because basically what they did is they ported over my GSPN and my generally speaking accounts. Both of those are actually in this main Libsyn 3. So basically I log in once and I have access to all of my data, but it's still segmented between those two service or those two accounts, but they're under one umbrella now. Uh, same thing's true when I sign in via you know FTP. I, I log into FTP on the new server for this for this new account and when i sign in instead of just having the ability to drag and drop the file right into the main index folder uh instead when i log in there's a folder for my gspn account and a folder for my generally speaking account and then inside of those folders are other folders inside the other folders is a folder called dropbox which i i mean i'm quite familiar with dropbox but i'm not quite sure what Dropbox means in this scenario. Uh, They have a folder called public and then they also have another folder. And you know what I'm going to do real quick here because I can't remember the the name of the other folder, but I'll explain to you what I do know about the the folders that I do use. So give me a second and uh, we'll pull this up. Okay, so I'm going to double click on my Libsyn 3 account. 
And I'm going to go to GSPN. All right. So, okay, there are three. There is Dropbox, Public, and QuickCast. All right. QuickCast is something I'm familiar with, and they've had this in the past. So here's here's the scenario. I believe if you actually drop a file in QuickCast, see, Libsyn has this this they they have a side of Libsyn that I've never used before that I would never recommend to anybody or or at least I shouldn't say that there there are some people I guess maybe it would be good for but you can actually have your your podcast website hosted by Libsyn they have this they have a content dynamic media distribution website with an RSS feed and all that other stuff where you can actually just run everything right on Libsyn I don't suggest doing that because you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but you know, what if Lipson goes away one day? I don't want a situation like we had with Podango, and I and I don't have any. I don't. There's no indication in my mind right now that that Lipson's going anywhere. But still, I want to be in control of my own website. I also want to have even further control than what limited control and access do they that they do allow to the design of that site. So anyway, I don't ever use this. But they, if if you use their website. I believe if you actually post and if you drop an episode into the QuickCast folder, it will immediately basic it will immediately post that into that website for you. So basically, you drop it, it'll create a blog entry uh, on that system and make the media enclosure, and boom, it's online, ready to go. And then we have the public folder. Now the public folder is what I use um, if I'm going to use the FTP. Uh, basically, I drop it into the public folder and this immediately uploads it to my account and that file is immediately available for people to start downloading if if they know the link. All right, and so the link is actually working out. In fact, give me a second. I will type this into my web browser here so I can know what it is. L-L-I-B-S-Y-N... GSPN. I love my text expander, by the way. So basically, if I, let's just say I have my GSPN account open and I drop a file in there. And let's just say the MP3 files is called test.mp3. Well, this is how it would work. It would be the, the website address or the, the direct URL to download that file would be http colon slash slash traffic.libsyn.com slash gspn slash test.mp3. So if I drop it into the public folder, that file is available publicly as long as you know the file name and that structure. It's I can actually I don't even have to sign into Lipson. I can just go straight to a blog post and I can actually put the file name and that URL structure right into my blog post and know that as long as I put it in the public folder and it's uploaded, it's available for download. And so it keeps me from having to even log into to Libsyn if I don't want to. Now, if I put it into the Dropbox folder, my understanding is this, that if I put it in there, it doesn't become immediately available. So if you type in traffic.libsyn.com slash gspn slash test.mp3, it won't pull up because it's actually, it's hidden from the public. And you'd have to actually, if you do the Dropbox, you'd actually have to go in sign into the, the the dashboard for Libsyn and go in and manually publish that episode so that it is available to the public for download. A couple other things that I've noticed here with the transition 
is the um, the URL. The, the I told you just now that it's uh, HTTP colon slash slash traffic dot dot com slash GS slash username slash whatever the file name is. Well, it used to be media dot dot com slash username slash file name. But for some reason, they changed it from media dot dot com to traffic dot dot com. I have no understanding why, especially since they're backwards compatible. They even said in their blog post or one of the places on their website that it actually means that um, it means that they're um, they're, they're it basically is going to work no matter what, if you use media.lipson.com or traffic. So my question is why introduce a new term, a new phrase? Uh, I hope, however, that it's not going to eventually kill my old links because I have, well, I will tell you this. I have 2,070 episodes that are hosted and available online. And if they actually undo the media.lipson.com slash username slash file name, that's going to be 2,000 posts on the plus member site that are going to need to be updated. And that, my friends would be a nightmare anyway. Um, but I, I just want to say that the transition went extremely well. Now I want to say this, you, you noticed that you heard me say that, um, you know, basically I, I have three accounts. I have three, three, I had three accounts. I had two accounts that were their full $50 a month. And I had backed one of my plans down all the way down to the $12 a month plan because I wasn't finding myself using it very much. And for some reason, when they transitioned my two accounts into the one Libsyn 3 account, okay, I know this is all getting confusing now, but when they transitioned it over, they didn't immediately do my GSPN 3 account. Uh, and I told them, I said, listen, go, go ahead. Don't do that yet or hold off on that one. Don't do it yet. I went in and downloaded all of my episodes that were on my Libsyn 3 account. I've got them in a folder. And since then, they've all been uploaded to my Libsyn or my GSPN account. And it's very cool. One of the nice things they did with this transition, you know how I told you every month I get an allotted amount of space a lot on the high-speed servers? Well, when they made the transition, it's it started all of my quote unquote counters started at zero. So it's like I had full three gigabytes of storage space available to me immediately once the transition took place. And this is this was, was totally in my benefit because I was already maxed out on one of the accounts and I was halfway maxed out on the second account. And so they started me off with a clean slate, which gave me the ability to take all the GSPN three files, go ahead and just dump those onto my GSPN account. And I literally canceled my third account with Libsyn because I'm just not at the place right now where I actually need that one anymore. So now uh, this is, this has actually helped because it's actually reduced my monthly cost. The only thing is right now there are, and I can tell you in just a second here, there are 22 of the 2070 episodes of GSPN that if you were to try to download them, they are not going to download because that file, actually technically speaking, that's not correct. That is not correct because when you cancel account an account with Libsyn, you have 30 days to reactivate it. So those files are still online for 30 days. 
And then if you don't reactivate, I believe they, I could be mistaken. Don't take this for granted. You want to check this out to be sure. But if I'm not mistaken, I might've read that after, if you don't reinstate within 30 days, then those files will remain online for 30 more days and then they will no longer, then they'll be deleted off the servers. So the good news is actually those 22 files are still available right now, guaranteed for the first 30 days after canceling. So that's good to hear. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to have my virtual assistant or myself go in and manually update those 22 blog entries and update them to instead of having that URL say gspn3 slash file name, it'll say gspn slash file name. And, and so it's going to be relatively easy. So that's, that's been my experience with Libsyn 3 uh, transition. I will say this though, the new system, um, you know, it's different. And anytime something's different, you got things in different places. It takes some time to get used to. I'm not going to say that I don't like it yet. Um, I do like that I'm signed into one account and I have access to everything. I don't have to back out and go into and, you know, log out and log back in to get between the accounts. I will say another thing though, um, this doesn't make any sense. And I did actually talk to Phil or Mike or somebody over at Lipson via email. And <clears throat> like I said, I'll, maybe I'll get them on the uh, the show here soon. But I'm going to see how... how to, okay, I want to go to the dashboard. And I want to click on upgrade storage. This one makes no sense at all. All right, this one makes no sense at all. I'm on the Libsyn 1500 plan. So I get 15 on, on both of my accounts. If you, if you do the Libsyn 1500 plan, it's $60 a month. All right, $60 a month. And if you do the Libsyn 3, the, the, the Libsyn 1500 or the 1.5 gigs, if you do the Libsyn 3 gig plan, all right, you do the Libsyn 3 gig plan, it's $180. $80 per month. Okay. Now I'm sorry, but I'm not the greatest mathematician in the world. Okay. So, and, and I, I vowed that I would never do math while I'm recording a podcast. Well, today I'm going to break that rule. All right. But tell me if I'm not mistaken here, but I have two Libsyn 1500 accounts, $60 each. Am I not right in thinking that's $120? Okay, so I'm pretty sure that I'm correct, that I have two Libsyn 1500 accounts. I'm paying $60 a piece, total $120. However, if I change, if I wanted to consolidate and start just one account and not have the two different accounts, the Libsyn 3 gig, which is the same exact amount of storage that I have currently, is $180. So it's three times as much and only double the amount of space. Now, when I had the email exchange, matter of fact, I'm going to pause for a second just so I can actually read for you word for word what they said. Okay, so I found it and uh, I'm back. And here's here's the thing. I actually wrote them this. Why is the Lipson 3000 three times more expensive than the Lipson 1500 when it's only twice the amount of storage monthly? And it says here in response, it says, since we do not charge for bandwidth, we need to compensate for the fact that we would most likely be serving much more data at the 3000 plan than we do at the 1500 plan. 
it is not really a service plan that we actually offer for these reasons. Hmm. So anyway, uh, that that's their that's their thought on that. Um, but here's the deal. I, I don't see how it's possible that me having two 1500 plans and just uploading all my files out there, just like I have been for the last several years. And then all of a sudden, if I have a Lipson 3000 plan instead of two 1500 plans, how that increases my traffic and bandwidth usages. Hmm. It blows my mind. So I told him, I said, you know, I could probably argue. I, I, matter of fact, I wrote back. I might argue the point that 3000 meg plan. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I said this. Um, I might argue the point that a 3000 megabyte plan uh, that my bandwidth would be exactly the same as my two 1500 plans. But hey, I'm too. I'm not too worried about that. I just stick with my two 1500 plans and will be thankful that this transition has gone as smoothly as it has so far. Um, so. Anyway, I, 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 I don't know exactly what what they mean by that. I, I guess maybe they're thinking that the reason why you would do that is because instead of having an average of 50 megabyte files, you might have an maybe you might be uploading. I don't know. Uh, let's just say a a 500 megabyte file. And so if you have a 500 megabyte file and you've got and you grow to thousands and thousands uh, then all of a sudden you're going to you, you're going to uh, use more bandwidth. I totally get that, but um, but yeah, and and somebody saying a 500 megabyte podcast, wow, uh, totally possible, totally possible. Um, and and by the way, Libsyn isn't necessarily um, Libsyn isn't necessarily limited to to podcasting, although that's what they're desire, designed for. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely a 500 megabyte file. That's easy. If you do, if you were to do a, let's just say a 40 minute video weekly and you had, you wanted to do a 720p HD version of that video. Uh, yeah, 500 meg, that, that would not be unheard of. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it, it's possible. So I guess maybe that's where they're coming from. But, you know, why not put a limit on the file size that you can upload and just and have that? I don't know. But, I, you know, I'm not again, I'm not arguing. I just thought it was crazy. And if you come across that and you see that all of a sudden, you know, that, uh, you know, that that's there, that that's something that I, I noticed as well. The other thing that I'm noticing in Libsyn 3 is that there's all sorts of stuff with distribution uh, they're really pushing their iPhone apps as well. You know, they'll create an iPhone app for you. And and if I'm not mistaken, I believe that they require that you charge for the app and they get a portion of the sales of those of the sales of that iPhone app. Uh, their iPhone apps that I've seen that they've created for some of their other podcasters, they some of those look really, really good. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm more of a proponent of giving away the iP- the apps for free. Uh, you know, if you go to sign in and get gspn.tv in the app store, you'll get the gspn.tv app. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how I feel about charging for an app, um, you know, personally. I, I, I wouldn't want it to be charged for. So I, I'd, I'd rather probably see if they would actually be willing to create an app and and have it to, available for free. But I heard somebody say, you know, somebody else that I know um, that had one created. And I asked him, I said, why are you charging for your app? And he sat there, he says, well, you know, they created that and and we had, it was in the contract that we had to charge. 
And so uh, anyway, and let's see. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to move on. Uh, Those are those are my experiences this week with Libsyn. But here's the deal. Here's here's the important thing. They switched me from one server over to another and I did not receive a single email from anyone. Not a single email from anyone. And I'm telling you, you know, 50, 60,000 subscribers out there. Not one person emailed me saying, hey, I'm having trouble downloading your files. So Libsyn transition for the win. That's all I got to say. I, I'm now the thing is for those of you who have been uh, who have hired me as a consultant and you're using Libsyn, you're on the old one um, and and you haven't switched over yet. It, it is a little bit different. It's not too bad. My only one complaint and they said that they are going to put it in as a feature request. They took away my down, you know, the the download direct download link. And that was where you could just go in, right click on the, the, the link and have copy link location. So you can just paste that right into your blog entries. They got rid of that. Instead, it's all written out in text and you have to highlight it and copy and then paste it. And I will tell you on multiple occasions, uh, not only have I highlighted the link, but I've also highlighted a couple blank spaces. And so when I went in and actually pasted it, I noticed that you know there's a space in there, uh, in between some of the HTML code, not good. So anyway, um, they're working on that. But anyway, that's my experience with Libsyn this week. And I just wanted to share that with you. Also, I told you that I was going to talk about what, uh, MailChimp did to my, my bill this month. And I'm going to read you this email. And if I made you think that maybe something really terrible happened, it's quite the opposite. So actually I had a good experience with Libsyn. And here's my experience with MailChimp. Uh, this is for my email newsletter service. It says, good news. All MailChimp customers who manage between 501 and 1,000 subscribers, and it says, hey, that's you, are now under a new price plan. And I will tell you, my heart dropped. I'm like, oh, gosh, they're raising their rates. No, but let me continue on. This means that starting your next billing cycle, your monthly charge will be $15 a month instead of 30 Yep, half what you normally pay. Why are we doing this? Because you're awesome. That's why. Duh. It says, eep, eep. Of course, because their um, mascot is a monkey. Anyway, it says, the slightly insane MailChimp accounting department. My friends, this makes me more excited about MailChimp than I've ever been before. A company that I was, I a company that I had no qualms about paying $30 a month for their service, what they offered to me. And I, I felt like it was a reasonable price. It was a fair price. And then all of a sudden they come in and say, you know what? We're cutting your price in half. You don't have to do anything. Just your next billing cycle, your your monthly amount that we charge you is half what it was in the past. And if you guys are not familiar with this, where I've mentioned it many times in the past, if you have a mailing list of less than 500 people, you are free for life to use their services. MailChimp.com. All right. And uh, moving right along, we have a voicemail from Mary S. And this is what Mary has to say. Hey, Cliff. This is Mary calling from Minnesota, author of my audio journal. Um, I have a question. iTunes has upgraded. And now, for some reason, 
it won't when I like record and then I put it into GarageBand and then I select to export it into iTunes, it will not convert it into an MP3. Now, it had been for a while, forever, um, until they did, like, an upgrade. And in iTunes, something about, um, I noticed, and I'm just speculating, I noticed that it was, um, there's a new button that, um, when you plug it in your iPod, and that shows you what you, you know, the main screen for when you click on your iPod little thing, it has, like, um, compressed to something or another. So, like, that was the first thing I noticed. And then I noticed that I could not get it to, like, my podcast that I had recorded and put into GarageBand. Um, it wouldn't convert it. I just wouldn't convert it. So then I I converted it in GarageBand, but it won't show my album art um, when I put it into um, iTunes. Help. Thanks. This is Mary from Minnesota, author of my audio journal. Bye. All right, Mary. I know exactly what you're talking about. And for those who might be a little bit lost, let me explain. Uh, there have been multiple occasions where I've trained folks instead of using GarageBand. Well, actually, you know what? I, don't, I think that I there was a reason a long time ago that I suggested people not use GarageBand to convert to MP3. But that is back before they got rid of the auto normalization. Uh, you can go into your advanced settings on uh, or your settings, your preferences in GarageBand and turn off auto normalization. And if you do that, you're completely fine to use GarageBand to convert straight to MP3 there. Now, Mary, you said that if you use GarageBand to convert to MP3, you don't have your artwork showing up on your MP3 file. That's correct. Well, for you, you could always drag that MP3 file that was created by GarageBand, drag that into your music library in iTunes, right-click on it, click on Get Info, and you can add your artwork there. And that will, and of course, you can also go ahead and click on the info tab and update your artist and album name and genre and all that other stuff as well. And then just hit OK and it will write all of that stuff to the MP3 file for you. You can then drag that file out of your music library back onto your desktop and that new file is ready to upload and tag and be, and it's tagged. Now, um, obviously, there are some issues with using iTunes to tag your MP3 files in such that uh, if iTunes tags your artwork, uh, your artwork's not going to show up on uh, a Windows media player, for for example. Uh, but it will show up on all iPods. It's better than not having any tags, any artwork tagged at all. Um, I'm still looking. If anybody has a recommendation for Mac software for editing ID3 tags, uh, please email me. Let me know. On the PC side, I've been using mp3tag.de. And that's the place where you go to find it, mp3tag.de. There's a little button on the top right-hand corner you can use to switch to English. Anyway, um, if, there's, if there's an equivalent on the Mac, please email me or at feedback at gspn.tv or call in 859-795-4067. However, for those of you who are not using GarageBand, let's just say you're using Audacity and you want to export from Audacity into 
wave and then use iTunes to convert to MP3. And you can't find that convert to MP3 anymore because like Mary said, when they updated to the latest version, they got rid of that out of the, you know, the right click menu option uh, in iTunes. So basically here's what you do. You got your, you put your file in iTunes in the library, highlight the file. And before you used to hit right click and do convert to MP3 and it's not there anymore. But once this time, instead of doing right click, once it's highlighted, go to the menu and where it says advanced, you will see create MP3 version. If you do not see create MP3 version, instead you see something like create AAC version or whatever, then you want to go to iTunes preferences and then under where it says import settings, you click that and change it over to MP3 encoder and my suggestion would be for podcasting to do good quality 128 kilobits per second. So that, Mary, should help you out. The, what you're looking for is they, they tucked it away and hid it up in the advanced tab. But you have to highlight the file, then click advanced, and then you'll see create MP3. So hopefully that will take care of that for you. Next, we're going to uh, talk. No, we're going to take a, a review of the Vericorder iPhone application from Wayne Henderson. Here we go. Greetings and salutations, Cliff. This is Wayne Henderson in California calling in for the podcast Answer Man, which, my friend, is you. On your recent episode, you played my call and I mentioned that I was testing out my Vericorder mini microphone on my iPhone. And I just wanted to call and kind of give a review of the Vericorder mini mic as well, to kind of give more background. And I'm still trying to get the right levels because it seems, even though it's a really cool little thing, it seems to record a little bit hotter on the iPhone than what the levels actually say. And what I'm doing is not software, it's all just a little tiny mini microphone, even has a nice little windscreen right on it. It's about 20 bucks at amazon.com. And I use it with the standard iPhone voice memos app. I don't use any of the other uh, voice apps. This one seems to work fine for me. So you just take the Vericorder mini mic, plug it into the headphone uh, slot, you know, and it gives a little bit better sound than just the regular microphone that's built into the bottom of the iPhone. And I mostly got it so that I could get a little bit better sound when recording like voiceover auditions to send them in, just do them quick and dirty and send them out. Uh, but also audio feedback to shows like the podcast Answer Man and gspn.tv's Weekly Lost Podcast comes in quite handy for things like that. And then, of course, using the Voice Memos app, sending it right in. So, you know, it's not the greatest microphone in the world, but it's uh, a lot of people are starting to use it, and it's only 20 bucks, And it's just one of those things. I, I think they might even, the company that makes it might even have their own um, iPhone app meant to use it with, but I'm more than happy just to use the voice memos app that comes with my iPhone. And that's about it. This is Wayne. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Wayne, thank you very much. And it sounds pretty decent. The The one thing is, is it does record a little hot. Um, I mean, your your voice is certainly clear, but you, I mean, it was, it, it remind it's reminiscent a little bit of a condenser microphone almost in that. Uh, and obviously I know it's not because it's not powered through the headphone jack port. Um, but it, 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 it does pick up a little bit of the echo in the room, the ambient noise in the background. So, uh, but still not bad. Perfect for what you say and you're using it for. And I'm glad that you 
called in and that's the Vericorder mini mic and he says it's about 20 bucks. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, so much more available today back then than back when I was uh, getting started into podcasting and, and it's just easier than ever to start getting into this stuff, folks. I'm, I'm telling you, we, I mean, there's no reason really anymore not to podcast. Hey, I'm going to play a little bit of an audio clip um, and then I'm going to wrap things up here. And I want to tell you about one of my clients. I think I probably mentioned them on more than one occasion here on Podcast Answer Man. And they don't pay me anything extra to, to, to plug them or anything like that. But I want to encourage you to check out ConnieAndSheilaTalk.com. That's C-O-N-N-I-E-A-N-D. And then I I think it's S-H-E-I-L-A talk.com. So S-H-E-I-L-A. So Connie and Sheila talk.com. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. Um, they are, they just released, I think episode number five. They are, their podcast is mainly focused towards people who are real estate investors. Now, I have listened to every single episode, and I'll be honest with you, I listened to the first two episodes just because they were clients, and I wanted to be able to give them some feedback and let them know how I felt like they're doing, help coach them along a little bit uh, in their in their journey and their process. But I'll be honest with you, I'm actually subscribed to their podcast, and I've listened to all five episodes now, and I listen to it. While, while a majority of it is devoted to you know this idea and the aspect of real estate investing, it is so much more. It's it's, va- it's very practical and real insights into business and about philosophy of, of, of being positive. And, and they, I mean, just so much of what they talk about in making them successful in real estate investing really does apply to me and being successful in what I'm doing through podcast consulting and podcast production and building community. Uh, just really enjoy listening to them. Uh, they've gotten some great feedback recently. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, gotten some great feedback. Now, this one is a little bit more of me tooting my own horn. And I've been known to do that before. So if that bothers you, you can just go ahead and tune out now and, and say you've got what you, got, you came for. That's completely fine. But uh, I want to read to you something that they just recently sent in. And uh, let's see if I can find it here. Okay, so I found the file or the email that I was looking for, and uh, this is what I got from Connie over at Connie and Sheila Talk. She says, hey, wanted to share the email below from you. He said, She says, this is from a real estate investor in Nashville. Very cool guy. Bill Simpson and his wife, Trisha Simpson, are awesome people. His message is at the bottom. And this is what he wrote to them. He says, listen, I listened to another one of your podcasts today and really enjoy the content. Very great discussions. The security team watching for the breached borders was very funny. Also, the sound quality at Thinking Rock Studios is excellent. I listen to a few podcasts every week. Stanford Entrepreneur Leadership is my favorite. And the sound quality of your podcast is one of the best. And I am very excited for them to to kind of get this feedback. And a lot of my clients who hire me uh, and, and follow my advice do end up getting this kind of feedback. But uh, I, I wanted to play a little bit of an audio clip from their show. And, and if nothing else, this is what I want to bring it up for. And I'm going to tell you what to listen for here. Um, the, if you go and check out Connie and Sheila talk dot com, 
I encourage you to listen to maybe a couple minutes of episode number one and then even a couple epi- minutes of episode number two. And this, the, these two ladies did, I mean, their content is out of this world. But the first two, uh, the first two episodes were very, very scripted. I mean, you could tell for without any hesitation, without any doubt, you don't need anybody to tell you that they were reading word for word their entire show. And and so I was trying to coach them and saying, you know, hey, let's let's just take it back a notch. Let's be a little bit more natural. Just let yourselves be yourselves. And and I was just so delighted when I heard episode number four. And and I want to tell you, this is probably one of my favorite moments in any podcast uh, that I've heard probably within the last maybe four or five months. Listen to this. Kind of weird, we just but... <laughs> made it one. It is. <laughs> I mean, you hear people talk about, you know, vision boards, which we have. You we know, do. We, ha- we both have vision boards over our desk. Um, and we have on our wipe off boards, not only our offers, but we have our, our yearly goals. Some of them just, just kind of, you know, down in small bullet type um, entries. We have the areas that we like to buy in. But basically what it is, is just our... Uh oh! What happened, Sheila? Well, <laughs> that's our security force there. I don't know if you heard that or not, but uh, that's Blake and Riley. And apparently, a squirrel has breached the Thinking Rock Studio property, and they are going out there to take care of it. Thank yes. you, guys. Yes, thank you so much. We <laughs> do have quite the security team. Um, so anyway, I was saying, I- right there, my friends. Let me tell you, this is what I'm talking about. This this was an exciting moment for me as a podcast coach because this is where I can tell that my client is not only listening to the advice but they're taking it in. You know, I, I will tell you right now if if probably if that ha- would have happened within their first episode or their second episode, you would have never in a million years you would have never heard that. And the reason why you would have never heard that is because that didn't fit the script and it would have gotten edited out. But I explained to him, I say, listen, what makes podcasting so amazing is that people can relate to how real you guys are. Let the real you be in. Let the authentic you be in. And, and if you make a mistake, just, just roll with the flow. Don't edit it all out. All the ums and the ahs, you can take out some of it, but don't take it all out. Let the real you shine through. And, and it's so funny. You listen to that, that piece of audio and you can just hear them laughing. They're having fun with it. They, you know, it, it took them off, off track for just a few minutes and they're back at the conversation. You know, it, it is just really good stuff. And then going back to that, that feedback that I just read to you, I'm going to go back. You maybe didn't catch it the first time, but now that you've heard that audio clip, I'll run and read that feedback one more time. Just the first part. It says, listen, I listened to another one of your podcast episodes today and I really enjoyed the content. Very great discussions. The security team watching for the breached borders was very funny. I mean, here they got this, they've got feedback from their show. Somebody took the time out of their day to, to send an email saying, I listened to your podcast and I enjoyed it. And what did this person write about? Did he write about the golden egg? Did he write, did he write about the, you know, I really love the fascinating tips on the, 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 the whiteboards Did I, did he write about all? No. What did he write about? 
Oh my gosh, I got a huge kick out of the, the, the security, you know, the security team watching for the breached borders. A squirrel has breached the boundary line. Got a huge kick at it. And what else did it, got the feedback about the audio quality. So these things, my friends, it's it, the content. Don't get me wrong. The content is very important. Your content is huge. But don't ever throw the content out there without really considering the quality at which you put your content out and don't take the real authenticity of who you are out in the editing process. My friends, that's my podcast answer man episode of the week. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Check out Connie and Sheila talk.com. I, you know, I, I love their show. These ladies are amazing. And, uh, and, and again, I, I'm not paid anything extra to, to say any of those things. I, I just really do love the show. Hey, I have some exciting things coming up in the future. I'm glad that you're here for podcast answer, man, that you're subscribed to the show. Uh, do me a favor. Would you, there are a couple of things you could do, uh, for, for me in, in, a, in return for giving you these free episodes every single month. One, would you consider becoming a plus member? Head over to gspn.tv slash plus. Find out what plus membership is. If you have any questions, email me feedback at gspn.tv. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have. But that's one of the things you could do for me. And if you're not able to do that, or let's just say you've already done that, looking for something else you can do for me, would you tell a friend today uh, about podcastanswerman.com? You, many of you, most of you, are not, uh, or I'm sorry, most of you, I'm sorry, I got distracted by a personal chat message, uh, but most of you are podcasters. You have people who listen to you and they know what a podcast is. And many of them had, if, if they were encouraged to, would probably want to start a podcast. Would you consider mentioning on your, one of your episodes, hey, if you ever thought about doing a podcast, you should head over to podcastanswerman.com. Something quick and easy like that. If you ever wanted to, I love to be on other people's podcasts. And recently I've had the opportunity to be on, I don't know, four, five, six podcasts so far this month. I love to be interviewed on other people's podcasts. It's a great way to get the word out about the things that I'm doing, helps grow my audience. And of course, when I'm on somebody else's show, I put it out on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, and it goes out to a couple of thousand other people. So it's a great way for me to... I am a pod squatter. Exactly. But anyway, I would love to be on your show if you wanted to have me. And uh, it's a great way to get some thoughts and advice related to podcasting as well. Anyway, God bless you all. I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope to hear from you on our listener voicemail feedback hotline. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call me today, 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. And hey, if you want a free full day of asking me anything you want to know about podcasting, you know, I I encourage you to come to our gspn.tv Lost Party. It's an entire weekend event, Saturday, May 22nd, Sunday, May 23rd. Uh, There's more details at the URL mentioned at the end of this promo. God bless. Join the community, folks. Follow the story. 
Do you think we crashed on this place by coincidence? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now it must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up today at gspn.tv slash lostparty.